This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All things covered, listeners and viewers, once again, we're back with another jam-packed show. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. Man, listen, this is an outstanding opportunity for me because this is a player who I grew up watching and played against, you know, well-respected on and off the football field, a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, future, future first ballot Hall of Famer. Let's go ahead and throw that out into the universe and allow that to manifest no other than the great Drew Brees. Drew, thank you for joining me. How you doing? How you feeling? Man, I feel great. How about you? Oh, man, it's a great day to be alive. Every day is a great day to be alive, so let's take advantage of it, right? That's right. No question, man. During your post-retirement, man, you've been a part of so many unique, big-time things, but currently you have a big role on the Lowe's home team, which consists of a group of NFL players coming together uh, to tackle improvement projects for worthy organizations, right? From your time in New Orleans, Drew, how important is it for players to have a relationship with their community, and can you expand a bit more on what you're doing with Lowe's? Yeah, first off, I, I think it's one of the greatest responsibilities we have as professional athletes and anybody who's been given the platform that, that we've been given. Um, there's such a, such a unique connection between, you know, our teams and the cities in which we play. Obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know what that fan base is all about. I think a lot of people know what the Houdat Nation uh, is all about with the New Orleans Saints fans. But I think the the connection that our our organization had with our city um, was extremely unique, especially in the post-Katrina time. And I think then to take that a step further is when you have companies and organizations like Lowe's who have committed $100 million over five years to be able to distribute into various projects that are helping to improve uh, many of the communities in which we play and live, I think that's tremendous. And those are the things that I like to get behind. And that's why I'm proud to say that I'm part of the Lowe's home team. I'm actually GM of the Lowe's home team with other current um, NFL players such as Micah Parsons, Travis Kelsey, um, uh, uh, Justin Herbert, and many others to go out and serve our communities to kind of highlight, I think, the the contributions of so many organizations uh, in their communities and just to give them uh, a a little bit of a a lift upward. Um, And that's where Lowe's comes into play. They bring their resources. They bring um, their abilities to help us to be able to do that. So recently, in fact, last week, I was in New Orleans um, with the Lowe's home team and many people in, in the Lower Ninth Ward to help build um, a structure through LowerNine.org, which is a great organization there. Um, it's kind of like a, a live workspace for the community um, that was, you know, has been heavily affected, not just from Katrina, but many events since then. And so just trying to help rebuild these communities from the ground up. 
a big time thing, man, that Lowe's is doing. And of course, man, I salute you for being a part of it and many, many big time things coming in the near future. Now, Drew, of course, you know, being associating this podcast with a Viking player, you know, Pat Peterson, we have a large Viking audience and I'm sure they would love to hear your assessment on their opponent this week. Right. The Saints. <laughs> right. New Orleans has they, they've lost their last two ball games. But what do you expect? out of the Saints this week in week four against the Minnesota Vikings? Well, it's tough because uh, all my kids have Justin Jefferson on their fantasy teams. So there's this, <laughs> there's this delicate balance of, you know, wanting their guy to do well so they can win their fantasy games and yet, you know, cheering for our team in the Saints. So I think the ideal situation would be like a Saints win, maybe 38 to 35, just, you know, J.J. Jettis goes off for about, you know, 203 touchdowns, but the Saints get the W. Um, no, I mean, look, this is, uh, I think the last the last two weeks, I think have been pretty lackluster for the Saints. Um, obviously, you, you, you open up the season with three divisional opponents. Um, that's tough. You know, they get that, that big come from behind victory in Atlanta week one. Um, and then hard fought game against Tampa, obviously one of the better teams in the NFC. Um, and I think last week against Carolina, that was that was a tough one for the team. But get back on track, go to London, kind of get away from the distractions, lock in. And, uh, you know, I know Vikings are, are, are trying to get going as well. No question. And speaking of Justin Jefferson, uh, who hits the gritty better, you or your kids? Oh, m my kids. I need to post <laughs> something on my, my son. So my oldest son, Balin, he's 13. He's a huge Justin Jefferson fan. In fact, we, we, we played him um, on Christmas. This was a couple of years ago. It was my last year. Um, it was a game Camara went off for like six touchdowns. Um, but uh, I swapped jerseys with Justin Jefferson because my son's birthday was coming up after that. And so I gave him uh, uh, his, uh, his jersey from the game and he was all stoked on it. So now he's like hitting the gritty anytime he does anything, right? But he's coming off a broken collarbone right now, my son. So right. he's kind of got the one-arm gritty going, which still looks pretty good. So I'm going to have to post it, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. You know what? That one-arm gritty might go viral because usually we see the two-arm gritty. We don't see the one-arm gritty, yeah, right? So, yeah, he's got one in a sling, and then he's just he throw, he throwing up the other one, you know? <laughs> no question. No question. Yeah. I, I think you should go ahead and run that. I think it might be a hit because that one-arm gritty with the other in the sling might show how versatile your son is. Exactly. Exactly. I'd be an athlete. <laughs> so check this out, Drew. Last week we saw two goats, as I called them, go toe to toe. Not necessarily toe to toe in the football field, but they faced off against each other. Their teams played, and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, uh, and they got a lot of hype, deserving so. Uh, but what were your your thoughts when you were playing the game? And of course, you were facing off against another iconic quarterback. And, you know, we always used to use this this saying quarterback versus quarterback. But clearly it's not that 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 way. But what were your thoughts when you were involved in those type of big time quarterback versus quarterback matchups? Uh, you, you knew that you had to be at your very best because of what you were going up against on the other side. And you said it, you know, it's you're not you're going up against their defense. It's not them. But at the same time. You you recognize that the game's probably going to come down to the fourth quarter. It's going to come down to the last drive. And and every every little every little situation that you feel like, man, how can I keep the ball out of their hands because I know what that guy is capable of? That definitely comes into play. Um, for example, at the end of the half, you want to be the team that ends with the ball in your hands at the end of the half. Like I don't want to give any time to this guy at the end of the half to be able to go down and get an extra three points right on a two-minute drive. 
So I'm going to try to milk that thing down as much as I can and then try to be the last one to get points, right? Or, I mean, just other little situations where I don't want to give them any added advantage just because I know what that other guy on the, on the other side is capable of. So, yeah, I'd say there's definitely a heightened level of um, kind of expectation in your own performance based on the QB on the other side. Well, Drew, this question is a two-part question for you. How do you know it was the right time to re- retire personally for you? And what type of things do you think Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady are weighing in right now about their futures? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Look, everybody's different, but I know for me, for me, I'd say the last probably four years of my career was was really one year at a time. Um, I feel like when you really have to love the grind, you have to love the preparation because, look, everybody loves game day, right? Everybody loves running out of the tunnel. Everybody loves the locker room. Everybody, there's, there's elements of being an NFL player that you're always going to miss and it were some of your favorite times. There's plenty of things that aren't, weren't your favorite times, right? Um, but I think you have, to, you have to really enjoy and embrace the grind of it all because that's what ends up making – uh, bringing so much satisfaction out of, you know, the game days and the victories and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But I would say the last four years of my career were very unique because it really was the first time in my career where I recognized that it wasn't going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Right. When you're a young player, you just think, man, I'll be doing this forever. I feel great. And this and that. And you just, you, you're just too naive to know what, you know, what, what's coming down the line. But at some point, I mean, it, it is such a finite period of time. But once I recognized that, man, it's it's going to end soon, I think I just valued each and every moment. And I tried to be so present each and every day. I tried to I tried to smell the roses a little bit more. Like I tried yeah. to enjoy myself a little bit more, like enjoy the bus rides, enjoy the plane rides home after a big victory, like just enjoy some times in the locker room. Right. Actually, like instead of being so focused on thinking about where I got to be and like, like, man, sit down and just hang with the fellas for a while, you know, and just no like, enjoy this. It's not gonna be here forever. Right. So I, I would say I had more fun in my last four years and we won more games. Right. Uh, in, in taking that approach, which was very much like a one year at a time, I'm going to play it like it's my last. And then I'll reassess at the end of this, you know, off season, see how my body feels, see if there's, you know, something still yet to be accomplished. And that's the unique thing about players like yourself who play, a leadership position. You know, some quarterbacks don't get with the guys. They don't hang with the fellas. And from afar, I could tell you were a guy that, you know, gravitated to the locker room because I saw you, you used to, you used to do this chant for the team <laughs> in the dome. Anytime it was a home game, listen, anytime it was a home game, I'm seeing Drew Brees, the leader, the captain, the, 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 the one of the, the greatest to ever do it in the middle of the huddle. What was you say? Walk around the dome or something like you know what I'm talking about? Oh right? yeah. So well, we changed it up every year. So it wasn't the same every year. But, but this started back in 2000. Um, shoot, 2008. So uh-huh. that was the first time we did it. And I would. Yeah, so there's a history to it. So when I got to New Orleans in 06, Joe Horn was like the unquestioned kind of like emotional leader of our team, right? So he mm-hmm. was the one who kind of led that pregame like breakdown, get guys hyped, right, ready to go. And then Joe was gone after 06. So 07. Like we were in limbo. There was nobody who really was was kind of in there doing it. And like as the quarterback, you're usually the one who's got to be like calm, poised, hey. composed, like going to game. Like <clears throat> you defensive guy, man, y'all, y'all are the ones who are like getting all hype, ready to go go hit somebody, right? So there was usually like that type of guy who would get in there and do it, but nobody was doing it. So when two, 2008 rolled around, I said, all right, well, I 
look, this isn't necessarily a comfortable position for me, but man, sometimes you got to do things that are uncomfortable as a leader. So man, we, we need this. Like somebody needs to get in there and get, get guys ready to play, get them hyped. No question. So <clears throat> the movie 300 had just come out in 2008. Right. Uh-huh. So like battle of Thermopylae, like the Spartans 300. Right. <clears throat> and so I was like, you know what? I, I, I'm going to take this movie just came out. Everybody loved it. And I'm going to theme something off of this. Right. So <clears throat> I get in the huddle and it was like, who are we saints? Who are we saints? Are we ready? Oh, are we ready? Oh, right. And then I say, this is New Orleans because uh, or we are New Orleans. And then we go, oh, 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 because there's that scene in the movie where uh, King Leonidas like looks at looks at this group of uh, fighters and he's like, you know, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a carpenter. What do you do? I'm a blacksmith. And he looks back at his Spartans. He's like, Spartans, who are we? And they're like, oh, 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 right? It's like we're warriors, right? So it's yes, kind sir. of that warrior mentality going into the game. So that's how it all kicked off. And it's funny because I told one of my – one of uh, Zach Streif, who was actually one of our tackles, and he had came, come in with me the same year in 2006. I was like, bro, you got to tell me if this bombs or you got to tell me if this is like the guys like it. So we did it. I remember his preseason in Arizona mm-hmm. and he looked at me after and he was like, like, that was it. So that started the whole thing. So every year was a different chant. It was themed off of, could be like military. It could be a movie. It could be like a song. It could be any, any number of things, man. But we, we kept it fresh. Guys liked it. Hey, I can tell you from afar, not being a part of the Saints. I loved it because like you said, <laughs> you don't see quarterbacks getting in the middle of the huddle, getting people fired up. And that made me, that made me feel some type of way. So when I saw you taking charge, usually it's a linebacker, you know, it might be a safety, yeah. it could be a wide receiver. It's not a quarterback. Most quarterbacks in the back, man, going over their notes or whatever the case may be. But man, you was getting people fired up and let's keep it real. A lot of y'all success bait was based on how you started the ball game. And that played a big part in starting off fast, as you know, personally. Last question for you, Drew, and we're going to let you go. And I'm enjoying this, by the way. I know my the fans, our listeners, <laughs> on the podcast platforms, and our YouTube watchers are enjoying this as well. I need your honest answer for this one. I hope you're ready for this one. Yeah. What's more likely to happen? Drew B's comeback or Sean Payton comeback? Oh, Sean Payton, without question. Sean Payton's okay. going to be coaching the league again pretty quick. And okay, so I got I got to follow for, for that, and I felt I feel the same way. I watched you break down the first game Purdue playing against Penn State. You broke down the Reggie Bush uh, play, yeah. right? Not surprising, <laughs> but you did it. You, you broke it down as 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 best as a man can break down a play that he didn't draw up. But I'm not I'm not surprised because you smart quarterback. Let's say hypothetically speaking, Sean Payton gets an NFL job. He calls, he goes to his cell phone. He say, you know what? Let me call. Let me call Drew. See what Drew got going on. Hey, Drew, what's up? Oh, I'm going back to such and such. You know what I mean? Ah, I, I would love to have you be a part of my offense. You know how you feel? Would you want to get into coaching, like offensive coordinator, quarterback coach? Drew, let me know what you're talking about. How you feel? What you thinking? I feel good, coach. I'll be your GM. Oh, that's even better. That's even better. I like that. And you know what, Drew? With that being said, because I have so much respect for you. I'm gonna give you the head GM job. Now, can you handle that? <laughs> I got you, coach. Whatever you need. Say no more. Say no more. My people will contact your people. Let's make it happen. Hey, let's get it done. Hey, well, y'all, <laughs> y'all heard it. Hey, hey there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Sean Payton. If you ever watch this or hear about this, when you do make that return back to the NFL, you already got a GM in waiting. I know you know him extremely well and you trust his football eye.
Hey, Drew, man, this was an honor. Thank you for joining me here, All Things Covered. Uh, big shouts out to you and everything you're doing with Lowe's. Once again, man, can you fill us in a little bit about the upcoming projects you have going on with Lowe's uh, before we let you go? Yeah, so uh, Lowe's home team, of which I'm the GM, I'm partnering with uh, a bunch of uh, current NFL players as well. Basically, the commitment uh, on Lowe's part is $100 million over the next five years in uh, NFL communities. Uh, started last year. Um, had the chance to take part in a great project in New Orleans last year, and then actually just got finished one this year um, in the Lower Ninth Ward with an organization called LowerNine.org. And um, uh, it's helping to rebuild communities um, and helping to give back to the communities in which you know we play and, and, and we serve. So it's a great program and uh, excited for everyone to see the projects that are being fulfilled. Uh, thanks in part to Lowe's. No doubt, no doubt. Big time things coming from Lowe's. And the same can be said for the future GM, Drew Brees. Thank you, sir. <laughs> This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.